This is either the dumbest or smartest thing they could have done. Welcome to Tradeoffs, where product habits Heaton Shaw and ProfitWell's Patrick Campbell discuss tech through a product-first mindset to inspire you to think differently. This week, they talk about bias. The key is just figuring out what your path is to objectivity, because that's what matters. Founder naivete. I never would have started this company because I would have been. I would have said, oh, "Well, I could just get my blood test every three to six months, and it's ten bucks a month." Chasing down positioning stigma. I want to know why they made this choice. I want to know what made them want to make this choice. I really want to understand it. And good branding. If it were a business I was involved in, I would really push them hard on the marketing to focus on the facts. What's up, man? Living the dream, uh, rocking the hair. The hair's looking great today. The hair's looking like I'm going to get stuff done today. That's what it looks okay, like. Okay, so so there, there's a shampoo. My, my buddy James Bashera recommended it. It's called Modern Mammals. Okay. And it looks like gray goop. They don't tell you that when you get it or before you buy it. And I'm blown well, away. I'm blown away. Shampoo, it says. I'm just blown away. And the shampoo makes my hair look even that much better. So it's not shampoo. Suds and foams may feel good, but they're bad for your hair. Shampoo strips your hair. Okay. Light daily rinsing, healthy, natural. Interesting website. Nice website. I really like check the this branding. out. Yeah. The branding. I like the flow here. What's interesting about this too is there's this like anti-shampoo thing that's happening recently. Cause there's a couple of YouTube videos I saw about people being like, you're not supposed to wash your hair every day. No, you're like, not. I didn't know that. Big uh, bathroom shampoo. They got me twisted and convinced me. And then it goes even further. They say rinse and repeat, right? Like, what is that? What are you doing to me, PNG? I'm telling you, I'm putting like a dime, maybe maybe quarter max worth of this stuff in my hair. I'm not even That's putting cool. that much. It doesn't make you want to put a lot because like a little goopy and like little kind of dense. So it just kind of squeezes out like like toothpaste almost. And at the first time I looked at it, I'm like, this, this is, is gray. Gross. I mean, I wasn't worried about putting it in my hair, but like, I was like, okay, this is different. Okay, fine. And then I just put it in my hair and everything. And like, it doesn't mess with the oils in your hair. All right. But it makes your hair feel clean. For those of you, the TLDR and like what you're saying and why you're not supposed to shampoo every day is because shampoos strip your hair of oils, the natural oils, and that's how it cleans. And then you condition to kind of basically put oils back in. So some people are like, why? Why strip and then put back in? Prior to that, I have another friend, David, who has epically long, beautiful like hair as a man. And he's had that for a long time. And he was like telling me about the conditioner he uses. And I looked at him like, I actually don't use conditioner typically because I, I also didn't wash my hair like every, every day. I would like rinse it and stuff uh, when it was shorter. And I was going to go down that path. And then James is like, yo, dude, you need to try this out. And I'm kind of hooked. This is like, I've had two calls today. It's my morning. And this is my second call, I call it. Uh, and I'm talking about the shampoo. That's cool. I'm probably going to talk about the shampoo now too. I also used it yesterday. This is how word And of the mouth. branding's ridiculous. It's like really nice. Like, I really like what they did with the branding. I don't know. Everyone on the website has really long hair. It's not really speaking to me. Actually, there's one guy with short hair. It's interesting. I don't know if it's for long hair or short hair. I don't know. All I know no, is like- I think it's just, it's for modern mammals. This shampoo is something. Anyway, there's an ad for a shampoo company on a SaaS podcast, but it's SaaS subscription podcast. It's so subscriptions. You know. I do it like is. how yes. just looking at their website, they don't offer a 30 day. It's 60 or 90, which I think is actually a marketing push because it's like, you don't need this. You know, you don't need to use a lot or whatever. Interesting. 
All right, cool. Well, let's talk about other parts of the bathroom. No, actually, I do have I do have a bathroom thing. That's a weird segue. Are we going to talk about Shine? My my friend started Shine. It's a bathroom like IoT, the Internet of Things. Shine bathroom, and it's designed to clean toilets automatically. Neil, who leads product over here, like loves this thing. And awesome. I looked at yeah. it and I was like. I, again, your buddy's probably going to be annoyed at what I'm about to say. I was like, okay. how is this different than the Clorox little puck you put in the back of your bathroom? Like, you know, how is this more convenient? And I know it's better. It's like, it's it's hooked up to the internet. It like prevents leaks. It does a bunch of other crazy things. Chris can handle it. He started a IoT Bluetooth, you know, like AirTags competitor back in the day called Tracker and got a lot of for it back then too. So I think he's into the deal. Anyway, today is like, bathroom d to c i don't know what kind of day i love how they call it the bathroom assistant it's a bathroom assistant that's amazing chris shout out Well, nobody wants their bathroom to smell right yeah yeah yeah. i like that the assistant this is great yeah but basically it's water a cleaning pod it like cleans after each use or on a particular schedule which i think is pretty cool that's interesting there's a lot of bathroom tech if you go from like you know dollar shave club like stuff you buy you know that are like disposable all the way to my favorite this is the example I give when people say, like, what's an example of something that shouldn't be a subscription? When IoT got hot the first time, someone created a toilet paper roll where the bar that you know, holds the toilet paper, they did it wrong because you bought that for like 50 bucks and then they charged you five bucks a month to like track your toilet paper usage. And I was like, dudes, this is the wrong subscription. The subscription you should be doing is the actual toilet paper, right? And now there's Who Gives a Crap, which is like a really cool brand in that space and a couple of others. But yeah, it's interesting. It's very fascinating. Like that's what also when I talk to like D2C folks and they're like thinking about, hey, like we talk about expansion revenue. It's like, just think of what else is being used in the physical room (laughs) that your thing is used in, right? So if it's kitchen, garage, whatever, like what else is going on in that room at certain times of day that you can literally like expand a product into? So yeah, it's an interesting, interesting world we're heading into with, you know, all these recurring revenue products I'm excited about. One that just came out, did you see this Hone launch? No, been busy working the last couple of days, but you you mentioned earlier, Everyone's talking about it, but catch me up. I have no clue. About yeah. It. So I'm going to go to the website so I don't get it right. You mean so you don't get it wrong? Yeah, so I don't get it right. I'm having a day. What's the website though? Honehealth.com. So basically, the reason I wanted to bring this up is because I think there's some interesting like takeaways about information asymmetry as well as branding, as well as like founder and exec naivete. So basically, Hone, it's a testosterone as a service. So a lot of people don't know. So just for context, how do you spell the first part? H O N E health. Yeah. Hone health. Yeah. Okay. So you order a home assessment, they take a blood test, a finger prick blood test. You have an online consultation with a doctor and then you subscribe to a plan where basically you get subscription testosterone. So why is this a thing? Like, is this for people transitioning or whatever? No, that's not what it is at all. So it's basically guys, as you age, basically your testosterone levels go down just as effective aging. And if you are, you know, male XY, like you basically end up needing testosterone for like energy for, you know, even health, bone health, all these other things. And so what ends up happening is, is like, as it goes down, you get like grumpy, like muscle development, all these other things get a little, little different. Right. And so hone is basically saying like, Hey guys, you don't know about this, 
but you should get tested and then ultimately you should, you know, get this product to make sure your testosterone levels are at the right, you know, the right level. What was interesting about this, I'm kind of in a unique position, a little personal information. I've been on testosterone since I was the age of 10. We don't have to get into it, but basically like part of my pituitary gland like doesn't do something. And then all of a sudden that leads to testosterone. And actually kind of funny, my sense of smell is related to this. So that's how they discovered this. And if I didn't go into the doctor, like I wouldn't have gone through puberty, which is kind of like a crazy thing to think about. But they caught it really early and I went through it. And that's why like I'm a big strapping dude, you know, that type of thing. And so what was fascinating about so it testosterone is, kind of like saved you for lack of a better kind of way to say it. Like, like it always frustrates me and I don't want to go down this rabbit hole at all because it's a third rail. But like with the whole like gender is, you know, kind sure. of debate and stuff going on. Oh, like, I see. I understand. Like I had yeah. someone who, who was like, oh, like, you know, the only reason people need like hormone therapy is because like they're, they're already transitioned. They just need enough. I'm like, no, no, no. Like I, I, I was born with, you know, all the parts and everything like that. It's just, I needed synthetic testosterone to close the gap. To be at normal testosterone levels, whether totally. you wanted that at that time. So you're good. Totally. Got it. And yep. it's, it's one of those things where there's a lot of people who they don't know this. And so they end up, there's things that'll happen in their development. And then all of a sudden in their twenties, they'll realize it and start getting on synthetic testosterone. And all of a sudden they'll go through, like they'll go through puberty in their twenties, which is kind of crazy. So I just had good healthcare and everything. But here's here's my point, or here's what was interesting about it. So I was looking at this, and there's always been like a thing. And what I mean by that is like, you know, guys, you're like macho guys. And so like the idea of like, well, I got enough testosterone, when in reality, like even fully developed, healthy, like dudes, like they still might have low testosterone, even without aging, right? Because all bodies are different, your diets are different, all these other things. But people weren't talking about it. And what was really fascinating about Hone is like they're tapping into people talking about it. And so they're basically normalizing this. And all the tweets yesterday um, from their investors, and they must have done some launch yesterday or announced the funding, were like, oh, I felt lethargic. Blah, blah. They were like a lot of health ads, basically. Like I felt lethargic. My muscle tone wasn't going. And then I started on testosterone. And all of a sudden, everything was great, which as someone who's like been on it my whole life, like I know that's not how it works. Like I know like when I'm off my medicine or something like that, like if I, if I have to get an extra prescription or it's late, I'm off it for like a week or so. Like I definitely notice my energy levels are different. Like mood is a little bit different, these types of things versus when it's on it. But it's not like a night and day, like you all of a sudden you start taking this and so you get So it's ripped. a lot more subtle. Oh yeah. I mean, cause it's not like building muscle is not a function of your hormones. Building muscle efficiently is a function of your hormones, right? And I'm not a doctor to be clear, but it was just fun because Sam Parr tweeted like this before and after picture of like him kind of looking not dad bod but like not defined and then all of a sudden this like muscly pick and I was like that is not because he started taking testosterone it's not it probably helped but it wasn't like the reason and so long story short it was just kind of really interesting to see some of the branding and then where it gets even more fascinating so right now in my insurance and we have good insurance like my 30-day supply of tea is like 10 bucks a month. I think when we had different providers, it was like 20 bucks a month. It's never been more than like 30, 40 bucks a month. And that was back when it wasn't generic, right? When it was still in that 15 year period. Well, it's all generic now. So I'm looking at the website and I'm like, okay, I get a blood test for this probably every three to six months just to like check like my levels haven't gone crazy because my body produces a certain level of testosterone and depending on my health, it'll go up or down. And so they want to make sure like my kidneys aren't getting shot and all these other things. So that's why it's important to get tested. But like that's a blood test. And then I already get those blood tests anyways for other stuff. And then 10 bucks a month. Well, I look at Hone's website 
$200 per month minimum. On top of that, you got to pay something like 30, 40 bucks a month for the testosterone. And then they have other stuff that you can pay for. I found it so fascinating because it, it's similar to like hims and hers where they take hair medication or they have like shampoos. They have all kinds of stuff. All of it is generic now, but there's a markup and they can charge the markup. We've done the pricing studies on it. But they're normalizing something with really, really good branding, which I think is amazing. And so more and more people are knowing about it and taking care of it. But those in the know know that this is like not an expensive thing. And your PCP can, like I have one medical, like that's who I've been using for years now. And they could just prescribe it and do my blood tests and stuff. So I thought this was interesting because three reasons. One, you have a phenomenon where you're taking a generic thing and making it hip, cool, heavily branded and charging a crap ton of money for it relative to how much it costs. Sounds like D to C. Yep. Second thing is I think that there's an interesting thing about normalizing things that people don't normally want to talk about because so they stigma. fear Things that are stigmatized. Insecure. Yeah, they feel insecure. Yep. And then the third thing is basically like founder naivete. I never would have started this company because I would have been, I would have said, oh, well, I could just get my blood tests every three to six months. And but in theory, you month. might have been the one of the right people to start the company in theory because of your experience, right? Because that's the story. But my knowledge would have screwed me up. Like I would have done maybe the pricing studies now that I know about pricing, but like, I would never have been like, oh, we should normalize this because I'm like, oh, I just go to, I've been going to the doctor for like 20 some years now and doing this. Right. And so there's a lot going on here. And I think it's just kind of fascinating. No judgment to hone. Like I, I'm not, I don't judge them at all. I think this is great. I think it's like the fact that my entire feed was like all these like people I know being like, I invest in this company because testosterone and like normalizing it was just really cool. It's just kind of funny how it all like all looks, if that makes sense. So that's my diatribe. Yeah. So in a way, you're an insider in this category. And these other people are new to the category and probably didn't know much about it until this company came around and, in theory, educated them about the category. But at the end of the day, we're also just talking about Twitter. That's true. But here's why I think that like it's more than that. Because... When you have a thing, whether it's hair care, hymns that ED, that was a big thing, testosterone here, there's birth control for women. There's a couple of these other categories. UTIs, there's a bunch of products for UTIs, particularly for women. Like there's these categories where it's like you talk with your friends or your close loved ones about it. But you're not going to like talk openly about it. Like a year or two ago, I would not have said like, I've been testosterone for 10 years because people would be like, well, does that mean you were like a woman or something? Like, no, it's just like, it just means that like I have a certain level and it's like they want to be be above a certain threshold. You were diagnosed with low testosterone at 10 years totally. old and yeah, the doctor yeah. said, let's fix that. And you let's said, you and your parents said, okay, let's fix it. And what's also really fascinating about this, here's another little tidbit, is they have the option. So- when I was on young, hone. yeah, they have options or in general. on hone for the needle stick. So taking a needle and giving yourself a shot every day, which is fascinating to me because I'm like, I did that when I was young because I would only get like a shot a month because you don't need that much testosterone when you're like 10. But now like I take, there's this gel I put on my arms every day. And what's fascinating about it is like they're using the needle because it feels more legit and it's like, it's so much worse. Like, it's so much worse to give you when you could just put the gel on every day and be fine. Do they it's give you the gel the option too? And I think they do. But I saw some of the tweets where it's like a lot of people are opting for like the needle because it feels more legit. It feels like you're doing something medical. So there's this whole element of like theater to this. All I want to say is, oh my God. And I don't say that lightly. Why is that? I hate things that don't make sense. 
I like have a visceral reaction to things that don't make sense. Again, it's great that Hone's normalizing it, but this doesn't make any sense. Why make people prick themselves that there's an option that's just as effective that doesn't require that? And why not market that? This makes no sense to me. We're not that macho dudes out there in I the world. I think we are, like, though. Because think of it this way. So you're saying that the prick is better than the gel Oh, no, I'm not saying that. Yeah, to be super clear, there may be a medical reason. I'm pretty sure there's not because most of the people going to the site, their levels are low, but not like- For the sake of this call, I trust your opinion. Yeah, and right? so, but long story short, it's kind of like funny because from a marketing perspective, there's two elements here. Like I would actually argue if they get people on the gel, they're going to churn less unless they're already comfortable I giving think themselves so too. shots. I like, think I don't so like too. giving shots. Yeah. And so it's like one of the, or getting shots. So I just think those people churn because they'll like, they'll like it for like a month. And then all of a sudden they'll be like, oh, I don't, I don't want to like deal with this anymore. I am honestly a defender of product experiences. And if it were my business, I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt and say they tested this in some way, shape or form. But if it were my business, I'd opt for the smoothest experience for the highest retention and the most effective product. I don't know though, but like, again, there's other examples of this, like onboarding, right? If you make the easiest onboarding, it almost always isn't as good as one that has a little bit of friction or a little bit of effort, intentional friction, if you will. And like, you could look at this as intentional friction. I get it. It doesn't make sense to me. I get it. I know it doesn't make it logical no sense. sense, but even like branding wise and all that, I feel like it's short term. It's short term thinking. Interesting. I think there's another way to frame this that would be very effective but instead, they're framing it in a way that causes people to do things they don't need to do in order to get the benefit of the product. And that is where my annoyance and my OMG comes from, which is like, until then, I was like, okay, cool, company, you know, marking up something, you know, medical, it's kind of a trend right now, some D2C flavor to it. But then you yeah. drop this one, and I'm like, wait, hold on. I want to know why. I want to know why they made this choice. I want to know what made them want to make this choice. I really want to understand it because I don't think it's the right choice. And I don't usually feel that strongly about it, but I'm thinking about this more and I'm like, wait. I wonder if there might be a cost element to it. Fair. Because right now I'm looking at their website. Yeah, but you take the gel, right, Patrick? And you know what it costs you. Yeah. It's not like you're taking know. the shot. And I don't think so. the other thing is I don't know if they're what hooked cost? into I don't know if they're cooked into insurance either. That might be the other thing. This all might be like, ah, I don't know. Yeah, I think see, this is why. might need to hook into insurance, but maybe they don't. Because I know off the shelf, like there was a period, and this was before it was generic. There was a period when I didn't have insurance when we started ProfitWell. And I remember we didn't have the right insurance or something like that. I'd like basic, like, because it was just me in a room. And I remember my prescription being like $700 <laughs> and me being like, okay, so I'm going to go off this for a few months. Like, so I think that maybe, Fair enough. Okay. but it's generic now. So I don't know if that's the case, but I know, yeah, this is super interesting. I'm just looking at it. Like the I said, I was good same. until I heard that. I think if it's truly something where you have the option and you could give people the gel why would and you? you're telling people to take shots just because you think that's going to make them feel more macho or honestly more like it's steroids or something like, we're twisted. This is going to be a twisted company, in my opinion, if that's like where they're really like well, going, how they're going after it. Hold on. There's a question here, right? Like, and we're speculating. Sure. I feel as if... I know. Like, I'm just looking at their website. Like, I don't know if there's an effectiveness argument. I feel like there isn't. 
Because the reason I went on the gel was basically because like, I don't want to get the shot in the ass every day. I don't know. I'm not looking at their website anymore because I can't. I was earlier and I was like, oh, this is interesting. Now I'm just over it. But I'm wondering whether they have the usual things that sites like this need to have, which is like the physicians on board and all that kind of stuff. If they don't and they don't emphasize that, then I think I'm, I'm in the twisted category at the moment. I would really want to know answers to this. Again, not against the company by any means, but these choices just seem terrible in my Off. opinion thus yeah. far. Yeah. I just want to know why. Because maybe there's a good reason like you're saying, but at the end of the day, like, I mean, we build software, so it's not as serious, but this is like medical and people's lives, right? And like that stuff always like triggers me. My dad's a physician. And when I look at this stuff, I'm like, ooh. And I've been around like hospitals and all that stuff all my life, basically, because he's a physician and he loves his hospitals. He's been working at the same one for 40 years. But like I take this stuff seriously. So again, question for that team. What's up? Why is it the way it is? And what what is the real reason? And I hope it's not marketing. I well, guess that's where I'm at. I hope it's not marketing because I think that would suck. I would think it would be flimsy justification of like, and again, I haven't been through their onboarding, but like the thing with the gel is you have to wait 30 minutes or 20 minutes, like, you know, before like putting a shirt on these types of things, like the, the needle goes right in. It's legit, but mm, I don't know. Patrick, it doesn't make sense to me. Okay. Nothing but, you say here will change my mind. Got it. Except them giving an answer as to, is this marketing? Or is there a product or benefit to the customer for them totally. pricking themselves with something that's, you know, like, it's a simple question. I don't see it answered on the site. I'm not even going to go on the site anymore because, like, I'm over it now. Because, like, it's just not. It does it borderline right. get into, like, not. I mean, I'm sure you've seen those YouTube ads about, like, supplements. I'm know? very familiar with every shady category on the Internet that people make money from. And I'm going to call them shady, not because I have a strong opinion. I have friends who run some of those businesses that are actual friends of mine. But like at the end of the day, we have to call things for what they are. And it's okay that this exists. I'm not judging that. I want answers though. I want to know why they made these choices. That's all. Because like literally I went from, oh, this is interesting. Maybe I need to like go figure out my hormone situation here or my testosterone situation to, uh, this is not the company I do it with. Let me go call my doctor. I think right? you definitely should, by the way. Like, I don't know. Yeah, should. yeah. Like, why not? Right? Like, I'm good with that. I didn't I didn't know this was a thing. I didn't know you've been taking it since you were 10. I didn't know any of this. But, like, now I do, and I'm curious. So, if nothing else, they're getting men to be curious about this stuff, and I'm sure that's happening. I commend them on that. My only but is this is a kind of company where if you're going to target people who want to be swole and go do a bunch of, you know, like weightlifting and stuff. Again, lots of friends that are in that category too. And they have like home gyms that are like those, you know, dumbbells and they do all the stuff and they like literally know how to work it and all that stuff. Like, cool. I get it. If they're the target, I'm not cool. But when I look at the site or when I did look at the site, it looked like I was the target too. If people I know on Twitter are tweeting about it, I'm probably the target too. But I'm not looking to get swole. I'm just not. Not right now. And I'm good with that. That, that wouldn't be my reason. So to me, the gel seems like a better approach than the prick. That's all. I think it, to be super clear, like I said before, like it's also energy and a number of other things. You might be totally fine. And even if you have low T, like, you know, everyone's a little different. Like... I don't want it to be looked at as a steroid because that's not what's happening. I think it's more of a making sure I know, but your like, hormones are in a good place. Everything else is in a good place. Even the tweets you mentioned. There's like, a little bit of they like. Basically, they're they more the, than borderline border it. That. They, yeah. they kind of cross it, I would say, in some ways. But it depends who's tweeting. So I totally get it. And, you know, I know Sam Parr well. Like, I get why he's excited and all that. And he should be. But these kind of businesses, 
that positioning and the way they do their advertising is very important. In, in terms of like what market they target, how they target that market, and who they're really going after, right? If you really want to get a normal person who's not thinking about weightlifting and getting swole, but is more thinking about their energy levels and is kind of really concerned about their health or potentially would love to know, that's me, right? And I'm, well, so I'm definitely the broader to be market. super, super clear, like that's what the website is about. Like they're big yeah. value props on mood, on confidence, on energy, and there's a little bit of fitness because it does affect your fitness. Like, of course, yeah. I think some of the other folks have taken it to different places, maybe based on their own experiences. I will say that the one other thing that I saw was like something about like sperm counts and stuff like that, and it's like those aren't connected, like, which is really funny, like medically, like, and so it's 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 really and that's why I asked about the how far do they push on the physician side. Because you get into spammy land and you get into like the shady side of the of the internet when you can't back it up, right? And when you don't have they physicians have on physicians. staff. No, they Great. do. Good. Yeah. Here's what I think actually like to, to kind of round this out because I want to make sure – I'm actually excited and it sounds like you are too, but you're – Very excited. Concerns. Yeah. I'm excited for this company. I think it's like great for men to like, you know, take stigma and like not, you know, the mental health that's happened over the past few years, which I think is amazing as well. Absolutely. But the thing is on the website, it's very about the energy. It's for low T, these types of things. The weird thing is the prick versus the gel. It's all doctor-based, all this type of stuff. Very like Rome, if you've ever been through Rome or hims or hers, uh-huh. these types of things. Yeah. I think it's sure. more some of the investors who have certain, I don't know, proclivities, I guess, like have kind of like maybe extended the conversation a little bit beyond what the website says. So To me, part of it is also what's in a pitch deck for the investors versus what's on the website, plus like where the business is going, plus what kind of tests they did with marketing. Because the thing is, it's very rare for someone to launch a business like this without doing a lot of heavy market testing. And so I guess my challenge to this company is like, be more transparent about that side of it. Because I think you're going to need to be in order to not be in the shady category, because there's a lot of shade in this category across the board about men and men getting swole and like men wanting to be macho or whatever word you want to use, you know? Yeah. And again, nothing against that. Like that's not me right now. I know a lot of people that are into bodybuilding and all this kind of stuff uh, and their health and CrossFit and this and that and the other or berries or whatever. So everything I've seen from the actual company minus retweets has been more about energy, energy and all that mood, focus, weight gain, cool. all Great. kinds of some stuff. So like, I think this will be more of a hymns, Roman story. Like they're leaning hard, like into the doctors, this stuff. And that's how I think they justify the cost as well. There's a community as well, a couple of other things. And so, yeah. And I'm also interested in like the greater implications of this because this is a very like. Okay. I'm slash, back on the site. You got me back on the site, Patrick. I'm not going to be allergic to it. I said something that took you to another direction. I needed to like defend, defend the, the, the people. Here. Yeah, like, no, I, but, but this is the kind of thing where like it's science. It's like things related to someone's health, right? Yeah, and it's important. You totally. can mess that up for people if you give them the wrong impression about what you're able to do for them. I think the other thing that's interesting. And then the prick thing got me. It's the prick thing that got me, right? Like you said there's a gel, but if they default to the injection and they're making people take it and there's a better option, that kind of thing is like, hmm, why that choice, right? If that's the choice. And it's more about just understanding what's, what's going on with these people. And honestly, like I might not even be the target market. I don't know. I see what you're saying with the injection and everything on the yeah. site now. 
Well, it also is like, this is like a schedule three, I think it's called schedule C maybe. The reason they need the doctors is to be so heavily involved too, is you do have to show your ID and this type of stuff. And I know pill pack, like I wanted to switch to pill pack for all my medications. Like they couldn't do it because they couldn't handle this a few years ago because of like the ID part of it. So they, they definitely are doing some stuff to make sure it's like super legit. Cause there are people who will go overboard in the bodybuilding kind of category, if that makes sense. But yeah, it's interesting. I do like how this is a very like sledgehammer entry into the biohacking world. Like, I think there's going to be a lot more of this. Like you already saw it with, you know, obviously the hardcore folks in this world of like Tim Ferriss and these types of things. But I think you're going to see this more and more with different, you know, I don't know how to put it, but I think to me, a couple other lessons, one, like stigma, I think is your friend. If you have a way to like get over it because I think you get the double point of like someone being embarrassed but you making it okay to have a conversation in addition to you have like a bravery coefficient like oh how brave is it the hone to talk about this right which I think is interesting so that's kind of a lesson I think for you know companies like I don't know what you can lean into like if you're a b2b company like depending on what it is but there's always like stigma in every industry and I also think the other thing is blind spots I think like blind spots for like middle America, these folks will be more effective at getting middle America on T than the local PCP, which is insane. That's insane to me, right? And I don't know what that says about healthcare, but like, I think it's wild how this positioning can work out so well. I love that they have promoted the product the way that they are. Um, now I'm looking at some of that. I'm like, this is really fascinating. What I got on this one is like one uh, you mentioned how you wouldn't have started the company because you have deep knowledge about it. I think that's something that a lot of founders end up dealing with, which is like, can you objectively evaluate something that you have deep knowledge about and you have some level of personal experience too? Because ability to objectively evaluate an opportunity, a business or something like that, I think is really critical, even more so when you have deep knowledge about it. So that's one kind of bucket there that we can kind of put a pin in, which is like, hey, all of us out there should be trying to be more objective about things that we feel like we have expertise or knowledge about. I think that's a big one. Another one that comes to mind for me as I look at this and I see like Sahil's got a whole video and stuff that I'm not going to play right now, but I, I didn't see this. I just hasn't, haven't been paying attention to Twitter the last few days. Had some other things going on. It says dealing with depression in my newest investment. And I mean, that implies that testosterone and depression are linked. So to me, my suggestion for this company in general is to push the angle of the science backed in all these things. Even Sahil's article, like push the science backed. They only have three doctors from what I can tell, but they make you feel like they have a lot more because of the way the site's designed and it rotates. And I haven't read the Sahil article or the actual video or anything. Yeah. So with Sahil, he says, I had low testosterone at age 27. So I think he had kind of an experience and they're like, writing about it. And I think, I think their first thing seems to be about normalizing this stuff, um, which is great. I would say that like, if it were a business I was involved in, I would really push them hard on the marketing to focus on the facts and scientific, scientifically proven facts in order to normalize it in order to like have so much proof that everything you're saying is accurate and correct. That's the piece that I would be pushing a lot more across this business in order to make sure you get mass appeal and you get the broad market. Because like you said, it looks like they're going after... Well, it's kind of funny is... Normal people, so to speak, or anyone. Ritual, you know, Ritual, the vitamin company? Yeah. I love their marketing. Hone should do this. Is that what they do? There's more generalized study just on testosterone. 
like I saw on Hone's website, they had this, it looked like a survey that like maybe they ran like before and after. And like, I don't know, because you get into placebo effect with some of this stuff when there's already just studies on like, you know, that have been done on tea for so long. But I think what's interesting, what Ritual did, they created a multivitamin from the ground up. Vitamins have a bad rap, right? Because it's like, do they work? Do they not work? Like every year there's a study that like moves the debate in the other direction, basically. And what they did is they did their own clinical trial with their women's multivitamin. And they, it was like front and center. Like it's like, hey, we did our own studies. Like they don't get into like, oh, vitamins are BS, you know, that type of thing. But here's our study. It was more just like put our money where our mouth is. And I don't know if they've done it on the men's one, but even if they didn't, it made me trust them. Because I was like, oh, like this is not just some pretty vitamin company. This is like a legit, they cared about it. They looked at the science, that type of thing. And I think actually the, like, I don't know if it was a great study. Like when I looked into it, just knowing a little bit about scientific studies, it might've only been like 50 people or something like that, which is not an amazing, you know, sample, but like, I still trusted it more and they still leaned heavily, more heavily into it, which I think was really, really big. Yeah. We'll see. But I don't know. I think any like advice you think on like getting out of your own way, right? Because this is this is where a lot of people, the founder naivete, in your 20s, you don't know anything, but you think you do, so you just like go aggressive at it. But in your 40s, when you start a company, you're typically much better because you're a better operator, right? So there's those two sides. And so how would I have seen this, you know, as an actual opportunity? Like, is it just tracking like stigma questions, research about it? Like, how do you, how do you think about it? You know, it's one of those classic ones where I think about it the same way as I think about like, if you have the problem, you got to make sure other people have that problem too, before you start solving the problem with your product or whatever. So in this case, it's like, you don't just have the problem, you have experience and knowledge that biases you. So what you're really trying to do is remove bias. So when you have like, oh, I have this great idea and there's this problem that I have and I think everyone has it. You don't even say the part of, I think everyone has it. You're just so excited about solving the problem because it's a problem you have. And you kind of start creating this imaginary world where other people have the problem too. And then you start building something instead of actually going and finding out with research, with conversations, with understanding whether other people view the world the same way as you do about that problem. So that's like the classic founders tend to have that issue when they're first starting out, if they're solving a problem that they have in the same way, you would attack this bias basically. Cause that's a bias, right? The bias is I have the problem. So I think other people have the problem. You might not be saying it explicitly, but that's what's going through your head. And then you go make moves assuming that other people have the problem too. And then you go fail because not enough other people have the problem, right? This is a inevitable thing that happens to so many people. I've seen it over and over again in the same way. A good example is like, I'm happy to say I would never start an analytics company again, but that's a bias, right? The bias is I've done it before. I think it sucks, blah, blah, blah. Even when I was raising money for Kissmetrics, so many investors told me, hey, analytics is a crappy market. Analytics is a crappy market. Well, I don't know if you've seen Amplitude's valuation and how fast they're growing recently, but it is not a shitty market. According to them, they've built a massive business on it, right? They've raised a whole bunch of money and are producing value for customers in that market, I know the company from early on, which was post Kiss Metrics in terms of timeline, but like I had a bias. I have a bias. In their case, I didn't because like I thought through it about how the world has changed and why amplitude should exist in an arena where I, honestly I failed. I failed to create scale the way they have in the same market. Obviously, it's years later, many years later, like over 10, like 13 years later. So, hey, things change. But that's the reason things change. So your bias doesn't need to remain. 
right? And you're just looking to objectively attack that bias, just like you would validate that other people have a problem if you're trying to solve a problem that you have at first. I think some of this stuff is so hard unless you either naturally or manually give yourself speed bumps, if that makes sense. Like for me, I naturally have built up like a certain level of like skepticism on like thinking and first principles just by practice. It causes different blind spots, but I think that like some of this bias stuff, like I have found it's most helpful to manually put in checks in some of these spaces. The key is just figuring out what your path is to objectivity because that's, that's what matters. Point. I like that. That's what matters, right? That's actually a really good way to put it as a frame. It's like, what's the easiest path for you for objectivity? Yeah. I wouldn't want people to listen to this and not have some way to do it, but you're trying to be objective. Objective means facts as close to the truth as possible, data, information, right? Like, and if you see something and you have a bias, like, like even with honed one, I think it's the funniest name. So that already kind of triggers me in a bunch of ways, but, um, in general, I'm happy hone in, it's going to be hone in your levels and stuff like that. I get it, but still. And so when I think about it, the way my path to objectivity is getting a better understanding of the decisions that they're making and why they made them, because that would help me understand what's going on with this product and business that I just have like a bias on having a dad who's a physician, having seen so many different examples of, you know, preventative care and proactive care and all kinds of things like that over the years, my dad would love to talk about his work like all the time and tell me stories about things that he's dealing with and that are happening. And so I just, I I have a bias. It's hard to be objective in these areas when I see something that just seems off and this seems off to me. That being said, I want to be objective. I want to understand why they made the decisions they did. Right. And again, I can email them. I'm sure they'll give me a good answer. I don't care that much in this category right now, but like, because I tend to not want to use these types of products personally uh, and go the kind of traditional path. Also, my dad's a physician, so he he would tell me to go the traditional path anyway. Right? I have no choice, right, in that matter. And I like listening to him about these topics. So he's the first one I'd call. Be like, yo, do I need to get this hormone thing checked? Have you gotten it checked for yourself? He's 70 next year, so he just turned 69 this year. I'm going to turn 40 this year. And so he's the first person I'd ask because he's my doctor. Uh, he's my doctor. He's my dad, right? Like, if you ask me who my doctor is, I'm like, it's my dad, yo. But anyway, that's it. So I found my path to objectivity if I want it, which is I'm going to go talk to my dad, right? And he's going to tell me like this gel thing and the shot thing. And if he doesn't know, he's going to go ask somebody that could find out because like, that's my dad, right? He'll go do that for me. And that's how I'm going to get objective about this. So then I get information that's not from that company about what they're doing and why they're doing it. Then I'd go to the company if I'm still interested and be like, hey, what's up, folks? Like, this is what's up. This is what I'm hearing. This is what's going on. So that's my path to objectivity here. But you noticed in this conversation, I did not start objective. I didn't want to go to their site after them. I'm like, wait, Patrick, let's talk about this. I don't want to go to their site I now. I you a mild right? narrative violation and you're like, WTF. As a marketer, my marketing brain is just completely triggered on this. I'm like, wait, hold on. There's a way to really destroy this market in a good way. Like destroy it, meaning like achieve the goals that the company seems to be wanting to achieve. It's hard for me not to put marketing brain on it. Let's just put it that way. And I have so gotcha. many opinions and criticisms, literally critical thoughts about how they're doing their marketing today. Not that it's bad or awful, just that a few tweaks, a few degrees here and there, and they would probably be able to convince the most skeptical person and the people that are very knowledgeable like you 
about this because of their personal experiences. Anyway, that's rounding this out, I think. I like it. Let's end there. I think that's good. So we talked about shampoo. <laughs> we talked about shine to clean your toilets. Yes. We talked about hone. Yeah. A testosterone I still therapy. can't say the name without laughing. Hone. Yes. Uh-huh. Hone. Yep. And we talked about the big lessons from there around bias, as well as founder naivete, chasing down stigma in terms of positioning, as well as good branding, frankly. Um, we didn't talk much about that, but close enough. So... Cool, man. Anything else? Nah, we didn't talk about software, which was very interesting. This is a no software pot. No, I'm just kidding. We're talking about trade-offs. Trade-offs, trade-offs, trade-offs. All right, man. We'll have a good rest of the week. We'll see y'all. You too. See ya. Bye, everyone. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, we'd really appreciate it if you left a five-star review of this podcast or the equivalent rating wherever you listen or watch. Also, make sure to subscribe to and tell your friends about trade-offs a podcast from ProfitWell Recur, the largest, fastest growing media network dedicated to the world of subscriptions.